What I look like a valet? What I look like a valet? Are you kidding? Don't come back, peckerhead. It's Roadhouse. Welcome to the Center Cut. I am Michael. And I am Fighter Boy Dave. You thought we'd be bigger. I get it. Oh, I'm just as big as you think I am. Before we dive too far in, I I did want to give our regards to Daniel from the Mustachioed Podcastio. He was set to be our guest today, but he had a last second emergency. So we're going to power on through without him and we'll have him on again in the future. He was still gracious enough to create some questions for us about the middle, so we do still have a great episode lined up. Yes, so can't wait to have Daniel on. It's coming real soon. Don't you worry. Yes, sir. Now, one other thing I wanted to to mention here before we dive really deep into the road housiness of this all. Deep, deep in. On a personal note, after recording last episode, Queen's Gambit, and actually while I was recording the Queen's Gambit, turns out my wife, my son, and I all had covid That's right. I am a statistic. We're still alive. My wife and I had all the symptoms. It lasted like 10 to 11 days for me. And there was a three to four day window where I had the worst chills of my life. I normally run hot. Like whenever I see grown men wearing pajama pants in TV or movies, I start sweating just thinking about it. I was packing on layers and I would get colder as I put on clothes. It was the wildest thing. So yes, COVID sucks. But unless you're old, weak, or very unlucky, you will survive. So stop crying about it. But do wear a mask. No one cares about you, Ashley. How How is your baby boy? He is fine. He had a fever for a few days, but he is now doing well. Wonderful. I'm happy to hear it because I haven't talked to you since we last recorded. You thought I died and you were powering on through. It's okay. Yep. I, was, I've, I was fully prepared to record this episode without you. I was surprised when you came on in the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. But now on to Roadhouse. Yeah. Before we get into the finer details, David, what exactly were we doing today? You don't know what we do by now? I don't. I need a refresher. Okay. Yeah. So we watched the first 15 minutes and the last 15 minutes of Roadhouse. Then we're going to answer Daniel's questions about the middle. We are. So Roadhouse came out in 1989, starring Patrick Swayze, RIP, the Swayze, Sam Elliott, Kelly Lynch and Ben Gazzara. This was directed by this is almost on the level of Norman Jewison doing Jesus Christ Superstar. It was directed by Rowdy Harrington. Fucking perfect. Perfect Mm -hmm. name for a director of Roadhouse. Mm -hmm. Now, this thing was nominated for five Razzies, including worst actor, worst director, worst supporting actor, worst screenplay and worst picture. But it does have a 78 on Rotten Tomatoes and it has a bit of a cult following. So it's it's one of those things where it's bad, but it's almost so bad that it's good. But we'll we'll talk about that as we go. Yeah. Interestingly enough, one of the producers was Steve Perry. The Journey Steve Perry? Yeah, I think so. Interesting. Very interesting. Actually, now I can't tell if this is the same Steve Perry. <laughs> I don't know what old Steve Perry looks like. Old Steve Perry looks like a white Tyler Perry. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I got don't, nothing. I don't think whatever a guy named Steve Perry was in it. We're going to say it's the guy from Journey. I don't know. All right. I'm into it. When my dad grows out a mustache, he looks exactly like Steve Perry. That's why I'm always trying to get my dad to grow a mustache. Just so you're along for the journey. Mm-hmm. 
Just so we could go our separate ways. That was a good journey joke, and you didn't even get it. Nope. <laughs> All right. Roadhouse. First 15 minutes. We scroll by a neon sign for the bandstand as Don't Throw Stones by the Cruzados plays. Now, this club, the bandstand, is hopping. Crazy busy outside. Seems crazy busy inside. A lady with big hair and a small dress gets out of a Ferrari. I fucking love the 80s. This poor woman rolled her ankle just for a chance to show off her flat ass on a marginally performing feature film. No. (laughs) Just no. (laughs) So after we see this, this young lady walk away from the camera, we see an older man in a suit get out of a limo and head inside. Dave, I'm so pumped. It's been a few episodes since I could do this, but oh, we God. have a lost alum. No, no. Yes. This oh, guy trying man. to poach Swayze played Anthony Cooper, who is John Locke's dad, who steals John Locke's kidney and indirectly also kills Sawyer's parents. He also plays Jason Siegel's dad in Freaks and Geeks, but that's far less important. I am pumped. Damn it. We had such a good streak going. <laughs> that sucks. We enter into the bandstand. A band is playing on stage while everyone is just partying around them like it's 1989. And of <laughs> course, which it is. The suit man is walking through the club. We see a lot of cleavage and a lot of money. That's like everything going on in here is just money and cleavage. Yeah. Not many mustaches yet, but we do get a bolo tie and that's going to count for something. Oh, yeah. It counts for a whole lot of things. So we finally see him, Patrick Swayze, and he's bopping his head to the music at the corner of the bar. But he's bopping his head up on the downbeats. So they're setting up pretty early that he's a fucking psychopath. (laughs) (laughs) I just love the way that he vibes to the music. It's so great. Yeah, it's terrible. Who who bops their head up on a downbeat? Crazy. I couldn't stand it. So as we see him just vibe into the music, a fight breaks out. Patrick Swayze tries to kick the guys out. One of them slashes at him with a knife and gets him in the arm dude threatens like i want to take a stab at you dalton this is when we learned his name is dalton and he says fine let's go outside let's fight and then as the guy's walking outside dalton just stops at the front door is like now you're outside see ya (laughs) what a baller move yeah i i'm surprised that you failed to mention the fact that we're less than three minutes into this thing and there's already some vagina kicking this guy kicks a lady in a vagina I think so. It looked like he kicked her in the vagina, but what he was doing was pushing her chair over. I'm I'm sticking with the 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 foot to pussy move. Fucking, he's foot to pussy stabbing Swayze. What is this dude? Who does this dude think he is? It's the '80s. Jesus, he's definitely not Jesus. <laughs> so Dalton makes his way into the back room. He's stitching himself up in a mirror, which is just fucking crazy. Badass. I can't. When I get a shot or get my blood drawn. I have passed out and I would I will nearly pass out just from a shot. If I had to stitch my arm, I would literally not even be able to make it through threading the needle. <laughs> so as he's stitching himself up, Frank Tillman enters. This is the old bolo tie wearing dude from earlier. Anthony Cooper. We learn that he is the owner of the Double Deuce, a bar in Kansas City. And he is trying to get that bar in the up and up. So he is trying to poach Dalton to come help him get things straight. Whoa, 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 whoa. He named his club Two Shits. Yep. Horrible. Yeah. I mean, or it just means double twos or 22. But 
two shits works just fine. He offers to give Dalton the plane ticket to get him out there. Dalton agrees to do this for $5,000 up front and $500 a night, which is pretty bananas, especially in the, for the 80s, 80s. No less. Yeah. And he has to pay all his hospital bills. Yeah. Which is going to be none because Dalton fucking stitches itself up in the back room. That is that's a lot of demands from a ghost. I hate you for that joke. <laughs> He gives him a plane ticket, offers uh, to fly him out to the bar. He says he does not fly because it's too dangerous. I don't understand. But he decides he's going to make his way out, gives his goodbyes to the head of this bar, the bandstand, who is not happy to see him go. So next we see him pulling up with an old car in front of a garage. He throws the keys to an old homeless man who says, well, I look like a valet. <laughs> this guy can't even be bothered to talk like a functioning member of society. You mean I got a free car? How am I supposed to pay taxes? This thing inspected? <laughs> what do you think I am? Made of money? <laughs> <laughs> so this guy, he gives him this shitty car and unveils. And okay, so this scene, they zoom in on the front of the car and it's covered. And it's like slowly about to unveil this car. <laughs> so I was like fucking getting amped i was like oh this is gonna yeah. be fucking sick this is gonna be so cool and then it's just like a um, mediocre mercedes yeah i was not impressed by the car and like the fancy tape deck yeah i was i was really upset i was expecting something cool like a porsche or something sweet it's like here's a sedan mercedes mm, yes and it's standard there's not even any power locks actually did they have power locks in the 80s i don't think they did i don't know <laughs> yeah I don't know. you mean i gotta roll down these windows <laughs> <laughs> so he makes his way he's on his road trip now he is on his way to the double deuce he arrives in in kansas city jasper in jasper kansas city which listen this is ridiculous i looked at i looked it up so jasper is a real place in missouri there's only like a thousand people in 2020 so either they just didn't fact check that and they just made it seem like a bustling town or Patrick Swayze killed all the people. And that's no, why there's all 1000 are in currently in the bar. <laughs> Everyone, the yeah. grandparents, children, doesn't matter. They're all there. <laughs> so the double deuce is also hopping, but not in nearly as fun a fashion as the bandstand no. was. This place is a shithole. Oh, it's so bad. He arrives. A bunch of people are making fun of his Mercedes, which why wouldn't you? A guy gets thrown out on his ass out the front door as Dalton's walking in and the bouncer dude screams, don't come back, you peckerhead. <laughs> it's the stupidest fucking thing to call someone. They're throwing fucks and shits and all kinds of crazy crap around in this movie. And this dude just said peckerhead. I don't understand. So we enter into this bar and this place is terrible. The band is behind one of those protective fences and people are just chucking beer bottles at them. There's fights everywhere. There's people passed out. The place is freaking destroyed. A dude gropes a waitress. The guy who gropes the waitress looks a whole lot like a blonde version of Brad Howe. It was just all very out of control. <laughs> yeah. In my, I think my favorite line or top two favorite line from this movie i rewound it and listened to it seven separate times <laughs> I know you best believe say. i laughed my ass off each time god damn it you ripped my best fucking shirt <laughs> that's the way it said it's so great yeah and the guy's not even wearing a good shirt it's just like a shitty ass t-shirt oh it's yeah. so good so dalton finally settles on the bar a chick in the tightest white dress i have ever seen 
walks up to the bar to get a drink and stands between Dalton and some nerdy white kid who looks like he just got out of high school. We usually have very little to focus on on these movies. We normally see obscure themes that you wouldn't normally see. For example, how much of a bitch Randy was in A Christmas Story, or how big Mel's mouth was in Sleepaway Camp. Something that we kind of latch on to. And for me, in this movie, it was boobs. I lash onto those suckers like a hungry newborn. <laughs> and they were everywhere. And the, it was all the time. In the first 15 minutes especially, it was just like boobs on boobs on yeah. boobs. And this girl walks up to get her drink. And the nerdy white dude on the other side of her from where Dalton is says, and I shit you not, what do you say we get nipple to nipple? <laughs> what fucking pickup line is what do you say we get nipple to nipple now if that wasn't fucking crazy enough the woman's answer is i could do that without you what (laughs) yeah is she saying that she could get nipple to nipple with someone else without this man's help is she saying that she can get her boobs nipple to nipple on their own i think that's what she's saying then she did not get a very good boob job i just don't even get it that that is i could even i could get past the nipple to nipple part if she didn't respond with i can do that without you yeah i the dialogue in this movie is not uh not what i would call a plus dialogue nope there's a reason it was nominated for a razzie (laughs) yeah i think it might have been the script plus half of the characters in this double deuce bar look like mike tyson punch out opponents from nes freaking (laughs) bald bull and glass joe p.s that's a top 10 video game change my mind you can't (laughs) i don't know if i had an extra hour i probably could but this isn't the time nor the place (laughs) okay at this point we meet morgan seems to be kind of the head bouncer as well as Carrie Ann, the waitress who got groped earlier by Brad Howe, all while Confidence Man by the Jeff Healy band is being played by that the house band who is led by a blind young man. Who that's that's like a real life thing. The real lead singer of Jeff Healy band is also blind. Oh, I didn't know that. Interesting. So the bar owner at this point shows up. He stops to correct the phone that is hung upside down on the hook and then fix some of the artwork that has been so nicely drawn on the wall. (laughs) Mostly it's stuff like an elephant ass and a writing that just says fags go home or a girl Donna can be reached at five, 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 six, two, seven, zero. Did you see the number for Gug? No, I didn't see that. Somebody's named Gug. I saw for a hard 10 inches meet here Monday. Chocolate Thunder. Chocolate Thunder. I missed that one. Oh, man. But the <laughs> largest and most prominent one is for a great fuck. Call 555-7617. Tillman takes the opportunity here to change fuck to Buick by turning the F into a B and adding an I in between the U and the C. I thought that was pretty hilarious. Pretty great. The band finally finishes their little set. They are going to make their way off the stage to go take a tinkle. Dalton knows the band, so he heads in and and talks to the members, mainly the lead blind boy. We see a quick cut scene. The band starts up again. At this point was the most interesting interaction that I've ever seen in one of the movies we've ever watched. (laughs) A man and a woman are sitting at a table in the middle of the bar, and the man turns to a group of guys who are sitting near them and says something along the lines of, have you ever seen a nicer pair of attitudes? Which, this is the first time I've ever heard boobs referred to as attitudes. 
into it. That's happening from now on. Then he offers them to kiss the attitudes or the breasts, if you haven't caught on yet, for $20. $10 a kiss. <laughs> Is this this man's wife? Is this just a chick he met that he's paying, like, she gets a cut of the boob kisses? I didn't know that this could be an additional source of income. I think you and I need to take our wives to a bar. It's absolutely ridiculous. Imagine being so hard up you'd be willing to pay 20 bucks to kiss a pair of tits. Listen, if you heard our Magic Mike episode, you'd know that I'm anti-strip club. But I'll just never understand paying for sex or, or sexual touching. Like, shoot your load to some fucking free porn at home like a real American. Yeah, but that's even even taking that, you know, free porn is a thing, but there are billions of people who pay for it. Like, OnlyFans is this new giant thing where, like, you could just pay someone to strip for you online. Okay, I there are, like, thousands upon thousands and thousands of hours of other people stripping that I don't have to pay a dime for. For free! Why in the world... For would free. I pay? Why would I pay anything to watch someone strip? So it's just a it's very confusing to me. But I mean, this girl is obviously capitalizing on it by just <laughs> selling boob kisses. Except she's not, though. What? What do you mean? Well, she doesn't end up capitalizing. Oh, I think. Well, I think she would have if the guy who agreed to do the kissing admits that at that point that he doesn't have twenty dollars. So the man who initiated this transaction, her pimp, so to speak, just beats the shit out of the fucking guy who has been groping this girl for the last minute and a half. And then a giant fight breaks out in the bar, and that's the end of the 15 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) What a way to end the 15 minutes. I'm glad that we snuck that in right before our time ended. Well, you're going to kiss him? What are you waiting for? Absolutely ridiculous. (laughs) Well, I look like a pimp. All right, so the last section of the movie begins at one hour, 35 minutes, and 25 seconds. So the bad guy from the end stands there, just just standing there. And then we cut to Swayze in a swamp, bloodied up and shirtless, yelling, Fuck you! <laughs> yeah, this movie got out of control. We cut back to the villain guy who is wearing one of those kerchief things that McDonald's employees What's wear. the idiot's name from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Fred. Fred has one. Fred. It's an ascot. Mm, okay. Yeah, so he's wearing an ascot, and um, but then we see a lifeless body float by. Who? It's not Swayze, and it floats face down in the moonlight. Dress scene. Yeah, we, we cut to Dalton, who pulls his Mercedes into the Double Deuce parking lot, and this place went from two shits to an orange paint-covered funhouse. Yeah, it went from local rustic bar to New York City nightclub. And I don't know that's what you need in a thousand person population town outside of Kansas City, but <laughs> nope. to each their own, I suppose. Yep. So the phone rings as Dalton enters, and it's the villain dude that we saw. Uh, we find out his name is Wesley. What a douchey name. It's a shitty name. No one named Wesley is ever a good person. Including, including Snipes. Yep. Uh, he says that one out of Wade or Elizabeth has to die, and he's going to decide by flipping a coin. That's right. This dude is going to kill somebody based on the results of his lucky quarter. And we're to assume that Dalton knows both of these people. So what the hell has he gotten himself into? Yeah, we missed a lot in the middle. We missed quite a bit. <laughs> Sam Elliott, our mustachioed man, tumbles out of a set of double doors and falls on his face. <laughs> yep. Impressively falls on his face for acting like the way he tripped on his feet going down the stairs. I was like, dude, if I did that in real life, I would have broke my ankle. 
Oh, I'd be dead. I'd be dead. <laughs> I'd be dead. <laughs> he looks haggard as all hell, and apparently mm-hmm. he is Wade, one of the two people that may die. It seems like he was jumped by some of Wesley's goons, so this makes Swayze think that the goons will be going after who I guess to be Elizabeth, uh, which is who we see next. Mm-hmm. Dalton goes to find her at the hospital. She's an x-ray tech, and she's like, nah, bro, I ain't leaving. Go screw. You sure she's not a doctor and she's just in x-ray? I he mean, her doc. Okay, well, she's an x-ray doctor. I don't, I don't know what those are called. <laughs> x-ray doctor. She yeah. could just be a doctor who like just took x-rays of her patient and is looking at them in the x-ray room. Well, whatever. It doesn't matter. Anyway, <laughs> she's kind of hot, but only for the 80s. Like, it looks like she would try to surf on my dick. I don't actually know what that means. I guess that could be construed as a good thing. Yeah, but... she has those like big round glasses that give her like a nerdy hot feel. Mm. Yeah, but at any rate, with no Elizabeth in tow, Dalton hightails it back to the deuce where he finds Wade laying sideways on the bar. He flips his body over to find a knife stabbing a note into his chest that reads, it was tails. Imagine being the goon who had to complete that setup for the boss. Like, do you think he stabbed him with the paper already around the knife? Like, like yeah, that's a great that. question. <laughs> or he like stabbed him and then and then pulled the knife out and put the paper on the knife and then like gingerly put it back in the same hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, regardless, pretty hilarious to think. Yeah, about. and then we watch five minutes of Patrick Swayze removing the knife. Yeah, that's an exaggeration, but it is a full thirty-one seconds. Full thirty-one seconds of Swayze looking distraught, like bobbing his head back and forth, and looking like he's gonna vomit. But then he does finally start to pull the knife from Wade's body, like he's freaking Arthur pulling the sword from the stone. He's struggling hard. Here's something confusing for me. Dalton is supposed to be this like dude who fucking gets bars in shape and doesn't matter how much ass he needs to kick to do it. He doesn't have any other weapon available anywhere other than the knife that is in his friend that he has to remove to use. <laughs> yeah, he's um he's just like a violent John Taffer. <laughs> I don't understand that reference. Bar Rescue. John Taffer, the guy who just goes uh, in and like, yells at people. Congratulations. <laughs> I just didn't know his name. If yeah. you said Robert Irvine, I would have known what you're talking about. Don't know who that is? He's the guy who does restaurants. All right. The camera shifts while getting this uh, knife pull out here, and it shifts to Wade's tattoo of a rose with the word rose, and blood starts to trickle down over the tattoo. So we're to understand that Swayze is now King Arthur, and he has retrieved Excalibur. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Dalton is pissed. He storms out of the club with the knife, and we cut to a group of men with guns chilling in front of like a big country house. And it reminded me of the start to a mission from Red Dead Redemption 2 or some game like that, like a Grand Theft Auto type game. One of the guys says, remember that blonde? She could suck start a Harley. And <laughs> and then we see Dalton's Mercedes bulleting towards them with a small fence in between. Do you think he was talking about Elizabeth? I don't think so. Although that is the only. No, we saw other blondes. But yeah, maybe. the very large, oddly shaped nipple woman from earlier. Perhaps. Perhaps it was her. Mm. But car busts through the fence like it ain't no thing the goons just start unloading their weapons at it now the harley guy he has a shotgun and he's like dry humping the air as he's blasting away but the car just keeps on its trajectory right at the men mm-hmm. the guys see that it's not going to stop so they turn and start to run but there's there's this like small concrete divider still in between them and the car 
<laughs> this part is ridiculous. The car hits the divider. It does like a 360 in the air somehow, like a barrel roll. Mm-hmm. While it's in midair, one of the brave guys shoots the undercarriage and the car explodes in a ball of fire. So everybody's thinking Dalton is just like a piece of burnt toast. Obviously, Um, man, this is really great. The guys all run up to the car. P.S. One of the guys is wearing big white moon boots. (laughs) Fucking ridiculous. (laughs) They open the car door and abracadabra. Dalton is not inside. And Excalibur, the knife, is stabbed into the gas pedal, which we're supposed to believe would have worked to create this insane diversion. Let me just stick this knife in here. This will definitely keep the gas pedal down. (laughs) What? (laughs) Like, this needs to be on an episode of Mythbusters. There's no way this would have worked. The handle would have had to have been stuck in there and then kind of like lodged up into the, the undercarriage of the dash. Or they're trying to make you believe that this knife got stabbed so far through the pedal that it's holding the pedal down to the sheet metal underneath, which is obviously impossible. Yeah. But the most impossible part is that he aimed the car properly. Like, that'd be From so hard to do. half mile away? You mean yeah. he just started the car a half mile away and it stayed straight perfectly on its course the whole way? <laughs> While it's yeah. running through fences and through a field and over a fucking wall? Yeah. Out yeah. of control. I have never driven a car that would drive that straight. All of my cars need front end alignment, so I can't. I can't. I can't understand this part. Yeah, if I let go of the wheel, I'm immediately off the road in the woods. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, since Dalton's not in the car, the goons all split up to find him. The guy who exploded the car skulks around the house and finds the moon boot guy dead already. Oh, no, not moon boots. Yep. He sneaks into the kitchen from the back door and another guy is passed out. I don't out. think he was passed out, but you think he was I dead? I think he's dead. Probably dead. <laughs> so yeah, this guy comes into a main room and Dalton is somehow behind magic so they start to tussle the goon slices the armpit out of swayze's shirt with excalibur swayze Mm -hmm. manages to kick the knife up into the air catches it and plunges (laughs) it into the guy's chest quipping tails again my favorite part of this whole movie was the it wasn't animation but the the prop work of anything (laughs) flying through the air was just unreal it was like you could see it moving in a very straight line like it was on a string and they just like cgi'd the string out super it was fucking phenomenal yeah pretty great uh and just as that happens from up on an open plan staircase the air humping guy shoots his shotgun but dalton uses the goon that he had just killed he uses him as a human shield Mm -hmm. as the guy goes to shoot again Dalton throws the knife at him like a javelin, and the guy, the guy just tumbles forward and falls to the ground from the heights, presumably to his yeah, death. Naturally. So if we're keeping score, it's Dalton four, bad guys zero. So bad far. guys shirt sleeve. Correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Wesley emerges and he sees the two goons' bodies on the floor out of the main room. And then we cut to a fat guy in a cat hat. Here's a question. Why do all fat Southern men wear suspenders? Is that a thing? Like, it seems like a thing. Yeah, I think it's because they have trouble keeping their pants up. Yeah, but you don't really see many Northerners doing this. Yeah, that's true. I guess there's less fat Northerners. No, I don't think there's less fat Northerners. I just no, I'm one of them and I'm in the North. No, yeah. yeah, I mean, I almost feel like I would love to be able to wear suspenders, but I would refuse to unless I was in good shape. Yeah. Like you can pull off suspenders if you're in decent shape, but if you have any weight to you, it's ju- you're just going to accentuate the bad spots. 
I don't need to make my breasts look any bigger than they already are. No. I can almost touch my nipples. (laughs) Anyway, this fat guy is clearly not made for this stuff. Mm -hmm. He creeps into the trophy room, which is full of animal heads and other hunter regalia. And when he says full of, he means full of. They are everywhere. And Swayze pushes our second lost cameo onto him, a big old polar bear. And the fat guy just like panics and, and shoots at it. But it falls on him nonetheless, and we're just expected to believe that it knocks this 350-pound man out like we're children or something. I really love when people get incapacitated by falling objects that they were able to anticipate for a considerable amount of time. He had at least 10 to 15 seconds that he could have moved And he just kind of looked at it and st- stared begrudgingly at it and then shot at it for a little bit, and then it crushed him. It's like, dude, you just need to step to the left of one step. <laughs> Like, what are yeah, you but doing? It's like, there's no listen, I get it. Polar bears are big, but this is like it's stuffed. It's a stuffed polar bear. It has to weigh less than 350 pounds. Mm. I bet you it's like 200 pounds. Tops. That would be have to stuffed pretty tight in order to stand tall like that. Or I mean, there is some kind of structure inside yeah. that is keeping it standing. Like but a, then that is like going to have a rod. To I still don't think it's as heavy as he is. I would be willing to bet that this fat man weighs more than the stuffed bear. <laughs> I doubt it. But okay, I right. see what you're saying. Anyway, Wesley is now in the trophy room and he delivers. This is actually my favorite line of the movie. I see you found my trophy room, Dalton. The only thing that's missing is your ass. Yeah. Unreal. <laughs> Just picture Unreal. if you walked into this trophy room and you saw like a bison head, a zebra pelt, and then just Patrick Swayze's attractive ass like up on a pedestal. The only thing that would have made this better is that if when he said that they panned the camera to the wall and there was an empty trophy plaque on the wall <laughs> that just said like Dalton's ass and it was like like shadowed out like where it's going to go when he kills him. Uh, <laughs> That's yeah. where it's going. Your ass. So Wesley talks shit about killing Wade and eventually Swayze pops up from his hiding spot behind an animal and the final fight begins. Swayze kicks him over a couch. Wesley hurls a literal spear that misses Swayze, but I'm not even exaggerating. It flies like 50 yards away on a straight line. A perfect straight arrow. <laughs> That's ridiculous. It's, so, it's so good. <laughs> so good. They both deal some blows to each other. Wesley eventually pulls out the lamest looking gun I've ever seen. It's smaller than his hand. It's literally a gun that's smaller oh, that than his little hand. Tiny sub bit yeah. pistol. Yeah, like the gun in the James Bond movies that the girl would have taped to the inside of her leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dalton immediately kicks it out of his hand as soon as he gets it. And mm-hmm. Dalton gets the upper hand and he's about to pull off his famed throat pull out. When his doctor girlfriend shows up, so he hesitates, he lays off, Wesley picks up the gun again, and as he's about to shoot Dalton, he gets shot multiple times by a bunch of old men, including a Donald Sutherland lookalike and Rip Van Winkle himself. Mm. Yes, this was very perplexing. (laughs) Finally, John Locke's dad comes out, he blasts Wesley one more time with a shotgun, and Wesley flies backward, landing directly in the middle of a glass table, which he shatters. It's awesome. Mm, He has been vanquished. Now his ass shall be hung on the wall. Yes, sir. We start to hear sirens. So the Donald Sutherland guy rounds up the guns and he hides them. The sheriff enters and the men are all like, you see anything, Bob? I ain't seen anything. 
you see anything, Merle? I ain't seen anything. The fat polar bear guy even wakes up, but he says he didn't see anything either. There ain't no snitches in this house. Mm-hmm. The men all laugh, and then we cut back to the double deuce for a moment to get another song from the Jeff Healy band, and they play us out as we get about 30 to 40 seconds of Swayze and the Doc skinny dipping in a watering hole. Oh, yeah. And that is Roadhouse. In my opinion, Wesley deserved to die because he had a bucket full of spears and he pulled one out and threw it with the most amazing force I've ever seen. But then he grabbed another one and proceeded to use the blunt end of it like the end of a broom to whack Patrick Swayze instead of fucking stabbing him with the sharp part. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a rookie move. Bad call. Plus, you should have pulled out your vagina gun much sooner. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so that was a wild ride. Now, as we mentioned at the top, our guest is not here, but he did the dirty work. He created some great questions for us. Now we're not going to know the answers unless we go back and watch the middle, but at least we have some good questions here to, to help us figure this thing out. Yes, I am very excited about some of these. You ready to get into it? Yes, sir. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. So, first question from Daniel. How much does Swayze pay for his second floor barn apartment he lives in? All right, I'm not going to bore you or the listeners with the numbers that I used, but suffice it to say, I used math and logic based around median prices today in Missouri versus the national average. And then I factored that against like 1989 prices in the nation. There was nothing I could find specifically for Missouri in 1989. But then I used logic to decipher the discount for being in a fucking barn. And I'm at 300 bucks a month, but I bet they charge him weekly because barn people be like that yo and so my final answer is 75 dollars a week and it was tempting to just round down to 69 dollars. but i also think that this barn is owned by the doctor lady i think that's how they met she inherited it from her cow having daddy and sometimes swayze gets a week for free because he just he uses that bar side head bobbing that he did at the beginning but on her private parts like in and around hay I think. Yeah. And so, she likes it because it's opposite of what it would normally be because it's up instead of down. Exactly. Makes yep. sense. Yeah. So if she's the owner, then he's not paying anything other than that Dalton D, you know? Yeah. Well, like I said, I think that's why he gets some weeks for free. But when he's not getting the discount, he has to pay 75 bucks a week. <laughs> so have sex with me or pay the rent. Yes. So after the sex, she's like, this week's on me. <laughs> yep. Oh, makes sense. Yeah. So I looked at some of those numbers too. You know, the average rent price in 1990, which was the closest number I could find, was $600. But since it was a second floor of a fucking barn, my guess is is 200. So 50 a week. Okay. So we had the We're kind of both on the same page. Yeah. We had the same logic and thought process. You just gave more of a discount for the barn, which I I could see. It's a fucking barn. And it's second floor. That's that's also true too. It's a fucking barn and it's Dalton's fucking barn. Get it? I do. I do get it. Yeah, I didn't even. Oh, I actually. I uh, now that you say that, I should have discounted more because that means he lives above literal animals. Like there are animals on the first floor. Probably. Yeah. So. It's like the horses and the cows get the the master suite, and he's in the in law apartment. But not only that, like a barn is kind of open concept, so he can see and hear everything on the first floor. He's just like on a rafter. So yeah, yeah. Okay, I changed yeah. my answer. <laughs> my answer is lower now. Yeah, Dalton's very open concept, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. All right. Second question. Yeah. What 
is Swayze's rule number three to running security at the bar? So here's what I think the three rules are. Because if we're going to call number three, then we got to know what the first two are. I think the first one is don't drink on the job. That feels obvious to me. It's like no drinking. You got to be on your toes. Number two kind of falls in line a little bit with number one, but it's just like stay focused. Don't get distracted by the large breasted women or the sexy bartender guys. If you're into that, stay focused. Number three, then obviously has to be don't fuck the waitresses. That's just common sense. I have some similar answers there. I, we're on the same wavelength again. Rule number one, always bring the fight outside. Mm-hmm. Rookie, rookie moves. Number two, the customer is never right. Ooh. And number three, don't get attached to the client or the customer. Kind of like what you said with your number three. Yeah, and strong, yeah. I, like I, I think you see him give dirty looks anytime one of the bouncers at, at the old version of the double deuce does any of these things. The thing is, though, I bet that he breaks his own rule, number three, when he starts to get closer to the doctor lady. Now, he gets closer to her outside of the bar since she rents the barn out to him. But I I think they also, you know, they spend time in the double deuce. And and I think that's the whole thing. Like, because he's breaking his own rule, that's why their relationship feels kind of fractured prior to them randomly skinny dipping at the end of the movie. Interesting. So you think like... Because she's she's a little annoyed with him when he comes to see her in the x-ray room that maybe he like cut things off because he remembered yes. my rule was don't Correct. attached. Exactly. Interesting. Yep. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting call. What genre of music does Swayze put on to get in the bone zone? This is easy. It's Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins. Lock it in. Just that song on repeat. Can't you picture him bopping along to that? that exist? Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins. Yeah, it's 1986. So it was out for a couple of years. I bet he also likes ZZ Top too. Gross. I said it on the Whack Brackets episode and it bears repeating. ZZ Top reminds me of a gas station. And despite the fact that I love the smell of gasoline, I hate ZZ Top and I hope they choke on each other's beards. No, that was mean to ZZ Top. I do like the smell of gasoline, though. I'll agree with you on that part. Yeah. So I think it's disco. Here's the reason why, and I'm going to use your own logic against you, you motherfucker. (laughs) So Disco Fever was at its peak in like the mid 70s, like 75, 76 range. Yep. And if Dalton is like early 30s, I'm thinking like 30 to 32, somewhere in that range. Yeah. I guess that at at that age, he would have been in his mid teens when Disco just exploded. So he could have very well been listening to disco the first time that he fucked mm. and just stuck with it. He thinks it's his good luck charm. So he's throwing on those BGs and giving her the the DB. <laughs> the the Dalton Biggin? Nope, the dick and balls. Ah, uh, uh, <laughs> Duh. I, I, I prefer the Dalton Biggin. The but. Dalton Biggin, yep. No, that's actually, that is great logic. I You have swayed me. You swayed me, I sir. Swayed you. You swayed me. Next question: What does Sam Elliott call the double deuce? I have two answers for this, but I feel like the double D's makes sense. Okay, I'm gonna hammer home two shits. I think uh, he's yeah. very literal, as evidenced by his rose rose tattoo. He also looks like he'd have the sense of humor of a 14 year old. So mm-hmm. the shoe fits. I think he calls it two shits. Yeah, my other answer was just the deuce. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm on the same wavelength on that one. Perfect. All right. Where is Sam Elliott's scar located that he refers to as his sentimental scar? 
definitely, definitely, without a doubt, on his right leg adjacent to his ball sack. And it's sentimental because it's so close to his family jewels. He's one of those guys who calls his balls his family jewels, unironically. He also probably loved the movie Meet the Fuckers. There's got to be a correlation there. I'm sure Mm -hmm. of it. Yeah, probably. So my answer is similar, but it is most definitely on his very large, very mustachioed penis. (laughs) You can't get a scar on your penis. Says who? (laughs) I I have three scars on my penis, and they're just from those are just the three from last year. Okay. Maybe that's where his rose rose tattoo comes from. He like Mm -hmm. somehow there was a rose accident, like the thorns on his junky junk. And okay, I guess I'll give it to you. All right. Next question. What does Sam Elliott say when he sees Swayze's chick? I couldn't think of anything for this. So I said, I caramba. (laughs) (laughs) I think he I think he goes with. Hey, what's up, Doc? Sam Elliott's character hits her with terrible Bugs Bunny impressions the whole damn movie. (laughs) This reminded me. You ever see grown-ass adults wearing Winnie the Pooh shirts and, like, Tweety Bird pants? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is wrong with these people? They're usually shopping in Walmart or at the grocery store. They're always paying with EBT. I'm pretty sure you can only get those things at Walmart. It, it makes logical sense, though, because they've never grown up enough to have a steady job. So why would I expect them to dress like a functioning adult and or not smell like the pile of shit that they are? I get it. I, I also apologize for my rubbish Sam Elliott doing Bugs Bunny impression. <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was good. <laughs> Thank you. You didn't get enough hair in it from the mus- mustache. Ah, yes. It's it's hard to sound like hair. <laughs> yeah. Hair is a hard sound to pull off. I understand. <laughs> So, where does the monster truck scene take place, Michael? (laughs) I can't get over the fact that there's a monster truck scene in this damn thing. I'm really disappointed I missed the monster truck scene. I'm Uh, so glad I bought this on Prime so I can go back and watch the whole thing. Yeah, speaking of that, if you want to watch this movie, it's $5 to own this movie on Amazon Prime. So, what are you doing? Go buy this movie. Initially, I was thinking... This monster truck scene took place outside of the that compound from the end, since there does appear to be a lot of yard. Also, I think the pond that Swayze and the girl swim in later, I think that is located on that compound. I think they go skinny dipping in the house of the man that he just murdered. Yeah, to the victor go the spoils. I I can't see how that would be connected plot wise, though, having the monster truck scene there. So I'm going to go with the double deuce parking lot that also appears to be pretty spacious and it's just a big freaking sand pit. I think that Wesley is a rival club owner and he shows up with a monster truck and just starts crushing a bunch of cars that are lined up in the lot like customers of the club. I mean, this guy flips a coin to choose who he's going to kill. Tell me you can't picture him just indiscriminately crushing cars that could also have people in. them. Yeah, I could see that. Or do you think it was like a marketing ploy that they did like out in the parking lot to get people? No, I don't know. That makes no sense. (laughs) I think the monster truck scene takes place in Arrowhead Stadium. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is right down the road. Home of the Kansas City Chiefs. There, <laughs> He went to go see Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> went to go see some monster trucks, and one rode up into the stands that almost killed him. There, <laughs> there's my scene. Man, you logic the hell out of that one. Mm-hmm. Makes perfect sense. That's why his shirt got cut in the end. Duh. 
Is it wait that shirt that he get it's cut got cut? He caught that from the t-shirt cannon at the monster truck show. Yeah, and it was so weakened. Made. In, yeah. It was weakened in the armpit because that's where the truck almost ran him over. Obviously, ah, okay. that's why it was so easy for Excalibur to get stabbed through it by that dude who got used as a human shield. Mm. All comes back around, you know. Final question: When Swayze fights the karate assassin in the movie. What does the karate guy tell Swayze while he's whooping Swayze's ass? Okay, so I do have legitimately two answers for this. He either says, because of the theme of the rest of the movie, I thought you'd be bigger. 100%. Lock it in. Or he doesn't speak English and it's just five minutes of, hi <laughs> I could see either of those. I, I yeah. definitely was on your, your thought process there with, I thought you'd be bigger. I also, I think after that, he also probably says some Zen bullshit. Like when you point at somebody, there are three fingers pointing at yourself. And when you're about to claw out somebody's throat, take a moment to think about what's clawing at your insides. Breathe Dalton, breathe. If you're going to live by the sword, Make sure that your enemies die by the sword. Wow, that three finger thing's pretty interesting. I never thought of that. Yeah, man. <laughs> also, have one one finger to the sky. <laughs> <laughs> that's called a thumb, you dumbass. <laughs> no, that's another a finger of mine. I have five regular fingers. I don't have a thumb. <laughs> Lock it in. Logic the shit out of you, bitch. Perfect. And that's the middle. That, I mean, we know everything that happened. So here's something I just, I want to get your opinion on. Okay. We didn't, we didn't talk about it really at all. Why do you think Wesley is, is just like on Dalton, like white on rice? I, I think it's because he's a rival club owner. And now that the double deuce is like blossoming, it's taking away all his business. Although here, here's a question. We didn't, we didn't talk about it, but the goons at the end, mm -hmm. three of them we saw in the double deuce at the beginning. So the fat guy was sitting at the bar, the guy who air humps the air and, and shoots the shotgun and falls yeah. from the stairs. He was the bartender and the original bouncer who, who took the, uh, the first kid who wanted to touch nipple to nipple. He's the bouncer that the bouncer that threw him into the table of people. He was the moon boots guy. So like I, that's an even weirder wrinkle. Like people that were working at the double deuce now want to kill him. I don't under, I can't, I can't understand that. In your story logic, what if in Dalton's reworking of the bar had all those shitty fucking assholes fired because they weren't doing their goddamn jobs and now they hate him? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, I guess that is a pretty easy way to frame it why they would but really would you want to kill someone <laughs> like would you just start blasting someone with a shotgun because they fired you yeah. i mean i guess th there's been stories of people doing that so yeah i guess it's within the realm of possibility maybe wesley owned the double deuce first and and frank just like swooped in and, and took that shit over no i guess that doesn't make sense i have a crazy ass idea as to how this all connects and i think it works all right, I'm 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 open. Let Are me hear. You ready? It. Oh, you're I'm open. ready. Perfect. Ready to receive this. I think that Wesley, as well as the four other gentlemen that are at the end there, are part of a hunting party, and they all go hunting together. And in the beginning of the movie, they all decided to step up their game, and they want to hunt humans, and they bring <laughs> Dalton to the town to hunt him down and then at some point along the lines all the other dudes realize that wesley's a crazy fucking asshole and 
That's the only logic I can bring to his trophy room. Like, why else would this dude have this ridiculous ass trophy room with like giraffes and all kinds of crazy shit? I feel like this dude is an avid hunter and they had a, a club of hunters that just got too far and they got too crazy. And who's better to hunt than like this dude that is known for being the guy who kicks everyone's ass? I like that thought process. However, I'm going to pop your balloon there. Frank, who co- he's the one who brings him into town. Frank seems to be on Dalton's side. Like he kills I Wesley. Think at the originally, end. Frank was in on it. And then something happened in the middle to to kind of deviate them. Maybe it was that Wesley started to kill off people that were that were close to Dalton or something like that. And all the other guys were like, whoa, whoa, this is getting too intense and like backed off or something. I don't know. But I I feel like in the beginning, that is the reason that that Tillman brought him to Jasper to the double deuce was not to fix his bar, although obviously he did and kicked his ass. I think it was to like get him into town. Okay, maybe, but I think that's pretty far fetched. But I, I think know, out, great, right? out of the three rambling suggestions we made, I think one of them is right. Probably. <laughs> I just don't know which yep. one. Perfect. I'm going to go back and watch it. Then I'm going to text you and be like, bitch, I was right. I think I might actually watch this one. I mean, I own yeah. it now, and uh, it's. It's so ridiculous that uh, I think it I think it warrants watching. Yeah, I mean, there has to be some crazy ass shit in the middle for sure. For sure. Now, on that note, Dave, I think it's time for center counts. Yeah, I think so. And this this time around, I gave Roadhouse a five out of seven. My thinking one is that I'm trying to be nicer in in 2021. I appreciate this movie for what it is, which is like a movie for dudes where there's a bunch of fighting and breasts everywhere. If that's what they were shooting for in the 80s, that's what they did. They had a lot of boobs everywhere. They had a lot of ridiculous quotable lines and they they had a bunch of killing and shooting and fighting and music. I just feel like, you know, I think they they hit the mark on what they were trying to be. Yeah, I, I hear that. And that's why I went with a four out of seven. It, I, I was close to giving it a five. The novelty definitely raised this higher. Like, it's so bad that it's that it's funny. But I do know that deep down, they thought they were making a great movie. So because of that, I can't in good conscience give it higher than a four. Now, I, I do have to be honest, though. I haven't seen a lot of 80s movies. Are they all this cheesy? Some of them fall in that kind of milieu, but I think a good number of them find a way to be good still. Okay. Listen, even though it wasn't particularly great, I did like the inclusion of live bands at the beginning. It really kind of set the tone for this scene, like this just like a like CD bar. And it's Patrick Swayze. He's an attractive man. Now, the action was mostly silly, but then again, most action movies are. And there was also some weird audio stuff. I don't know if you noticed it, but there were a few parts where people talked and it sounded like I was listening to a recording from a yak back. Early 90s kids (laughs) rejoice. But overall, I am glad that I can now say I've at least watched some of Roadhouse. It is like you said, it's it's. They set out to make or to put a certain set of things in this movie to appeal to a certain crowd, and they succeeded in doing that. So it's good for what it is. Yeah, definitely. I think they did what they wanted to do. Good old Rowdy. Mm -hmm. Good old Rowdy. (laughs) So, David, 
what are we doing next episode? Next episode, we are going to watch the relatively brand new Netflix show, Bridgerton, now be coming out on February 3rd. Oh, Get God, ready. I am not looking forward to this. Oh, I you like romantic stuff. You keep on saying that you don't like period pieces, but then every time you watch a period piece, you're like, you know, this was actually pretty good for a period piece. You know, <laughs> I think you actually like period pieces. You like the romantic stuff. You're actually going to like this. I am willing to bet money that you rate this at a five or higher for center counts. Absolutely no way. And here's why. It's like British kings and queen bullshit, isn't I think it? So, yes. That is that is my least favorite genre of entertainment. This thing is going to be like a two. I can't wait to be done. I don't know. We'll see. It might catch you like this is us did. That's a fair point. So we will see. But yes, in two weeks, keep an eye out for Bridgerton. And send us some questions in the meantime, along with yeah. checking us out on Instagram so you can see our center counts early, as well as mm. some other fun things that we like to post. Uh, and if you have any feedback, send it to thecentercutcast at gmail.com. Yep. We're also on Facebook at the Center Cut Cast page, as well as Twitter at the Center Cut. So you can go check us out there as well. See you there, buddies. Yeah. And if you get a chance, go go throw a review up there. I haven't seen a, a few reviews come through in a little bit. Go rate and review us and uh, and give us some feedback there, too. On iTunes, babies. Yeah, babies. Please, please go send us a review on iTunes. No, that's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Cutting that out. Like a blind boy playing his $20. It's always better in the center. <laughs> <laughs>